0: It's four o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Calvary Live. This is the call-in radio show where you can call us with your questions about the Bible. Uh, You can call us with questions about God, questions that you have about Jesus, um, questions that you may have about a religious group that you've heard of and you're not sure about them, or maybe a teaching that you heard at your church or uh, on a television show about God and you have questions about that, or maybe somebody approached you in a mall or you had someone come into your house and you have questions about what they believe, Uh, would love to chat with you about any of those things. So uh, you can call us today at 303 690 3000 Once again, that phone number is 303 690 Or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, the phone number to text is 720-336-0897. And I always say that the, the, the first part of the show is the best time to call if you do have a question because we start with open lines. We have three open lines right now. And so maybe you've tried to call before and haven't gotten through Uh, or you've texted and your question didn't get answered, now is a great time to call with your question. You can call us today at 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. And uh, we are broadcasting up and down the Front Range of Colorado, Colorado Springs, Fort Collins, Lakewood, Denver, uh, up into Cheyenne, Wyoming, and uh, also broadcasting on the East Coast in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. And my name is Pastor Nate Morris. I'm the senior pastor at Calvary Chapel, Vale Valley, in the beautiful mountains of Colorado in the Vale area. And uh, enjoying hosting the program for you today. and a little bit of a bittersweet day for me. This is my last official day uh, hosting on the radio show today. You know I've been doing this for a little while now and um, recently had some transitions uh, in our life as God called us to step out from the church that we had planted uh, over seven years ago and step take a move, a, a move of faith up here to the Vale Valley to uh, take over the leadership of a church up here. And part of the, the changes that have come along with that is, is me stepping down from the regular position on this show. Uh, it's been great; I've loved doing it, but I'm going to take a little bit of a back seat and give somebody else an opportunity. I'll still be around; I'll still be calling; uh, I'll still be available for some of those fill-in spots. You know, when when somebody can't make it, so you'll hear my voice occasionally still as well. I just won't be on here every Monday anymore. And so I just wanted to say it's been a blessing serving you and uh, I look forward to continuing to listen to the show myself and how God's going to continue to use it. So once again, if you'd like to call in with a question today, you can call us at 303-690-3000. Once again, you can call 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. And uh, hold on one second here. Looks like we did have someone on line one. Looks like we got dropped there. Uh, But we have Martha on line two. Martha, welcome to the program.
2: Hi, thank you. How are you today? Good and you?
1: Good, thanks. What can we do for you?
2: Oh, I'm a little confused. And I think I need more clarity in regards to... um, I come from a doctrine that um, taught me about the oneness of God, and um, I was there for about six years, a born and Christian, and things just really didn't, they just don't feel right at this moment. Uh, there's a lot of legalism going on in my church, and I just feel it's time for, for me to move on. Um, since There really isn't, I feel like we, my family and I have reached a dead end, and yeah. we are currently seeking a different church. Um, we did visit a Calvary uh, Chapel uh, church this weekend, and
3: okay. that's
2: my, my uh, question, because I don't fully understand what the difference is between the oneness of God and how other, uh, others view the, the Trinity, because God is a Trinity.
1: Yeah, so they, Absolutely. Um, so so it sounds like the the group that you have been a part of, as far as um the ch- the church that you've been a part of, sounds like it's part of a group that is known as uh, Oneness Pentecostalism or uh it's it's also sometimes not really as much within the group but outside of the group known as the Jesus only movement um, yeah. and really what what uh that group believes is that God uh is one which uh, we also believe I do also believe that God is one, but they believe that God mm-hmm. is one only and so it's a little bit it's going to take just a second to kind of explain this so so this is actually really good for many of our listeners. I'm very glad that you called with questions about this um, so oneness Pentecostalism really the the thought behind it is that God is one and so when we think about God the Father or Jesus God the Son or God the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, Um, for oneness Pentecostals, that is all the same individual person. Um, it's God expressing himself as God, the father, or God expressing himself as God, the son, or God expressing himself as God, the Holy Spirit. Now, at a a, a first listen, that sounds okay. But the problem with Uh that is that that's not how God spoke about himself in the scriptures. Um, and so, when we look in the Bible, we see that God is one, absolutely. Um, that God is one God. We, it starts back in um, in Genesis. It also starts, you know, in what's called the Hebrew Shema, which is the mm-hmm. the the main basic statement of Judaism, which is, "Behold, the Lord our God is one. The Lord okay. Yahweh is one." Um, and so, it, it's saying that God is one. But there's an interesting thing that we miss, and I think really this is the, this is the, this is kind of the, the crux of the issue with this, is that, uh, God is so much bigger than we can imagine. Would you agree with that?
4: Mm -hmm.
2: I agree, Yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, for him to be God, he has to be bigger than we can comprehend, right? Yeah. Um, if I can, if I can fully understand God in my mind, then suddenly he's not God anymore because I can make him up, you know? Yeah. Um, And so God is bigger and more vast than we can even comprehend. And um, what I think that oneness Pentecostalism has done is tried to make God understandable. And when it says that God is one, um, Mm -hmm. those who have kind of come up with this theology have said, well, it says that he's one and so he must be one. But that's not actually what the scriptures say about God. The scriptures say that God is one and yet three, now it's an interesting way that that, that it's described but th- this is actually starts in Deuteronomy. So well before the New Testament, before Jesus was born, um mm-hmm. we we see in in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 is that Shema that I shared with you earlier. Uh, Behold, you know, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. It's actually saying the Lord, that, that's the word Yahweh. So, you know, you probably heard that before, Yahweh, right? The name of uh-huh. God. Yahweh our Elohim. Is one. That's the literal words that they're using. So Yahweh, our Elohim is one. So Yahweh is God's name, right? So Yahweh, and then it goes to mm-hmm. Elohim, which is the plural form of saying God. So it, it's actually saying. It's, it sounds really confusing because it's, it it says Yahweh, so it uses God's name, and then it says our God, plural, is one. Oh. So do do you kind of hear what I'm getting at with this? Yes. That. Uh huh. Starting even before Jesus came, back in Deuteronomy, um, it says that the Lord, Yahweh, our God, in the plural form, almost, you could almost, I mean, it it sounds weird to say it this way, but you could almost say, replace that word with gods. Yahweh, our gods, is one. Our God is one. And so, Mm -hmm. even in the Old Testament, we see this picture that God is somehow one and more than one at the same time. Fast forward to the New Testament where we have additional revelation throughout the scriptures, and what we see is Jesus, God the Son, and God the Father. You know, Jesus talked about the Father um, Mm -hmm. in the third person. You know, he talked about God the Father as if God the Father were separate from him. He also talked about the Holy Spirit. You know, he said, when he, Jesus said this, he said, when he, the Holy, the helper has come, he will lead you into all truth and reveal to you all the things that I've said. So Jesus is talking about another person. The other person he's talking about is the Holy Spirit. So Jesus spoke of God the Father as somehow separate from him. And yet he also said, I and the Father are one. He also mm-hmm. spoke about the Holy Spirit as separate from him and said, I... The Holy Spirit and I are one. So, so somehow, and this is what we humans just can't comprehend because God is so much bigger than we are. Somehow, God is three persons: so Father, Son, mm-hmm. and Holy Spirit, and one being. Now, that's where my mind just blows. Right? I <laughs> just, I can't comprehend yeah. that. I can't. Fi- I can't personally comprehend that. But. The reality that I can't comprehend it, the, the fact that I can't comprehend it doesn't make it not true, right?
2: I, I agree, and i was you know been praying about this, and um, it almost sounds like confirmation to me because I was praying yesterday, and I, I did look up some scripture,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it did speak about the, the Trinity, and I had more clarity about it. And then I reached the same conclusion in my prayer where I simply heard a word saying, you're never going to understand who i am completely. Yeah. Even if i tried, you wouldn't you wouldn't understand. Yeah. So, i i completely get it and and i appreciate it. it's it's like receiving confirmation that i am probably taking the right steps.
1: Yeah, i think i think so and there's there's more reasons even than that that i would say that you're probably taking the right steps um and and some of those reasons are what you mentioned you mentioned that you're experiencing some legalism um is yes. that right
0: yes
2: yeah. it's 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 outrageous at this point I mean um I lead women's groups I'm actually on my way there um and you know i I deal with women with domestic violence and women in abusive relationships women they don't know about Christ, and I reach a dead end because I'm trying to you know introduce these women to jesus christ and we find i finally do and when i do uh, it seems like they're not fully accepted in my church because the exterior doesn't apply to their rules and regulations and i just don't right. agree with that because i don't think god focuses on your exterior appearance i think he he wants your heart and that's all that matters
1: yeah Yeah, and you know that's pretty characteristic of um, oneness Pentecostalism is that there there is a legalistic uh, mindset in that group, and they'll go so far to say that if you aren't baptized in the name of Jesus only, that you're not saved.
2: Um, Yes, that's another thing where you know my eight-year-old son uh, recently decided that he wanted to get baptized and. Um, my husband and I decided to hold off just because we think he's fairly young to really realize what sin is and the commitment that he's making. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of friends and uh, church members saying, "You know, before you leave, go ahead and baptize your 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 kids and your husband," and because we don't want them to not be saved. And and yeah. they did instill that fear into me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I can guarantee you that that is not the truth. Okay. Just, there's no, one, first of all, baptism doesn't have anything to do with salvation. Um, You you do not have to be baptized to be saved. Nowhere says that in scripture. Um, But then secondarily, um, I, I think that it's really important that we understand what the scripture actually says about how we should be baptized. And this is one area where this group is totally and unequivocally wrong. It says in okay. Matthew chapter 28, verses verse 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing uh-huh. them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it, that's, that's, a, that's yeah. what Scripture actually says. And so t- to take something and say, well, you know, we should only be baptizing in the name of Jesus. Well, the Scripture mm-hmm. very clearly tells us to baptize in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. So who am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to what the Bible says, or am I going to listen to what you and your denomination have made up? Um, yeah. For me, that's an easy choice, you know. So, so don't worry about that. Absolutely, one, you don't have to be baptized to be saved. You are saved by grace through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Um, no. Two, it, it, that's not even the correct way to baptize, from what the, the Bible tells us, and so. Oh. Um, I would say don't don't worry about that at all but th- there are many many really negative things about this group and I usually don't speak out very harshly about a specific uh-huh. group but but I believe that there's enough false teaching in that group that I would highly recommend finding a different church um, thank you and and I think calvary chapels are great uh what what part of where, where do you live
2: um I live out in green Valley ranch um, okay I think the the one we visited was uh was it
1: Pastor Willie or Pastor Wally, yeah, out at Calvary Wally, Chapel yeah. Green Valley Ranch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah that's great. Um, and and it, you know, honestly, like if the Lord leads you to a different church, it's not a Calvary Chapel. That's a, that's okay too. I, I, you know, we're not all about one specific group. It's the Lord's mm-hmm. church. But just just make sure that wherever you end up, it teaches the Bible, um, and that their their doctrine is based on Scripture, not on you know church tradition and all of those things. So. Uh, that would be the yeah. important thing, so.
2: Thank you, and I appreciate that, because that's that's been my longing. Like I said, I've been there for six years, and I feel like I don't have enough knowledge of, you know, the Word of God, and, and yeah. it just doesn't make sense. I'm like, so am I just being led by a blind person? And um, it's gotten to a point where I, I'm just not really comfortable, and I I feel like there needs to be more, especially if I'm leading other women to to Jesus. I think I need to be equipped and and have some knowledge in regards to to the Word of God.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, can I pray for you real quick?
2: Absolutely, yes. Thank you.
1: Okay. Lord, I just lift up Martha to you. And just as she is having some of these realizations about the uh, group that she's had her... Self sitting under as far as teaching goes, Lord and her family, I pray that you would just give her wisdom and direction as you lead them out of this um, church, Lord, pray that you would get them plugged into a solid, healthy bible believing Bible teaching church uh, where they'll have great fellowship and community and connectedness, and where um, you are taught very clearly and very plainly, Lord, and the the true means of salvation by grace through faith is is taught as well, Lord. And so I pray that you lead them to where you would have them. And I just thank you for uh, their heart and willingness to listen to you. And so we lift them up to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you, Pastor.
1: Thanks for your call. Have a great day.
2: You too. Bye-bye.
1: All right. Bye-bye. Okay, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel, Vale Valley, taking your calls and your questions today. You can call us at 303-690-3000. Once again, you can call 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, the phone number to text is 720-336-0897. And I'd like to go to Michael on line three. Michael, welcome to the program. Michael, are you there? Something weird is going on there. I think, uh, Michael, try us back here in a second. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Hello? Oh, oh, there you are. Michael, you with us?
4: Yeah, I'm
1: here. Okay, how are you doing today?
4: Oh, I'm doing good, Pastor. I'm sorry to hear about your departure off the radio station.
1: Oh, thanks. You know, I'll, I'll be around occasionally filling in for some of the other guys if they're gone for a week or something like that, but just as far as a regular uh, regular every Monday thing, I won't be doing that anymore, so.
4: Oh, we'll miss you, Pastor Nate. Listen, Thank you, I appreciate rest. that. Yeah. I have a, uh, I'm having a tough time with my flesh. I've had an addiction for a long time, and then it's not—it's not something that I'll, I'll talk about. But I've had an addiction for a long time, and got through the power of God, I've—I've I've been able to to grow out of it. At times, there are times though my addiction uh, it rears up in my flesh, and I you know I just need prayer for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would love to pray with you. Um, and you know, I would just encourage you. Uh, just I, I myself have addiction in my past. I, it was something that I dealt with years ago, and God completely delivered me from. And um, I'd encourage you to go and, and at some point um, read Romans chapter six, and then 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 read Romans chapter seven, and you'll probably identify with Romans chapter seven. You, I'm sure you're familiar with the section where Paul. Talks about you know the things I don't want to do. That's what I'm doing. Uh, the things I I do are what I hate. Those all those things. Um, and well,
4: well, really, both those chapters.
1: Yeah, Romans chapter seven. You know, and I think many of us can identify with that on some level or another. But what many people don't realize is Paul is not talking about his present condition when he's reading Romans chapter seven. He's giving a contrast between his position as a believer but not walking full of the Spirit with being a believer that is walking full of the Spirit. And you see the difference when you if you start in Romans chapter 7 and then you read Romans chapter 8 and then you go back and read Romans chapter 6, you really see the progression and what, what he's getting at. And so I, I would recommend just, just doing that at some point in the next couple of days. Read Romans 7, 8, and then chapter 6 after that. And just see how the Lord speaks to you through those chapters. That that was something that was life-changing for me uh, many years ago. But I would definitely love to pray for you. So let's go ahead and bring that before the Lord together. Amen. All right. Lord, I just lift up uh, Michael to you, Lord. And as he is battling with addiction right now and um, just wrestling with the flesh, Lord, I pray that you would just reveal to him the, the power that is at his disposal, Lord, that the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is available to him right now Lord to to overcome this you've already broken the chains that are there they were broken 2,000 years ago on the cross and as he believes and trusts in you Lord he is delivered from that sin he's delivered from that addiction um, by the power of your Holy Spirit Lord and so I pray that he would walk in that freedom that you bought he who the sun sets free is free indeed and so i pray that he would walk in that freedom that he would experience that freedom lord and i pray that you would just give him the strength and the heart to to choose to say i'm not going to go those i'm not going to go there i'm going to follow i'm going to follow jesus in this i'm going to put my flesh to death and i'm going to consider that i've been crucified with christ it's no longer christ it's no longer i who live but christ lives in me and so lord would you just fill him up would you encourage him would you help him get some uh, believers who can uh, encourage him in his life as well, Lord? And pray that you would just reveal to him that you've already delivered him from this. I pray this in Jesus' name.
4: Amen. Amen. Before we go, oh,
1: what was that? I'm sorry, it cut out.
4: Can I pray for you before I leave the oh,
1: line? I would love that. Thank you.
4: Father, I pray for Pastor Nate, I pray for his family. I pray for his church. In these strange times that that we know are coming, Lord, we are into right now because of the end times in the and your son is going to return for his church, I look to Pastor Nate and all those aforementioned. I I pray, God, for blessings upon the church and Pastor Nate and his family. I pray for your protection upon him and his family, Lord. I pray, God, that Pastor Nate and his family and his church will remain strong in you, no matter what comes down the road, no matter what what happens because because of the, of the present uh, situation in this country. I pray for, this, for Pastor Nate and his family and his church. Bless them, Father God. Strengthen them. Protect them, Father God. But most importantly, Father God, keep them on that path that you have them on. I be like I want to be on the path, that you want you want for me in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for this. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you very much. I appreciate that.
4: I'm looking forward to hear you on on about the radio. All
1: right, that sounds good. You have a great day. We'll talk to you later. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris taking your calls and your questions today. You can call us at 303 690 3000. Once again, the phone number to call is 303 690 3000, or you can text us at 720 336 0897. Once again, you can text 720 336 0897. And I'd like to go to Desiree on line one. Desiree, welcome to the program. Desiree, you with us? Looks like we dropped Desiree. So we've got three open lines right now. If you'd like to call in, now would be a great time. Call us at 303-690-3000. Once again, the phone number to call is 303-690-3000. I'm going to take a quick look over at the text line here. And let's see. we have got several text questions that have come in. Um, Let's see. This person says, My Mormon relative will not believe me when I share Bible truths contradicting Mormon beliefs because I have not read the Mormon book. I shared that I will not read it because the Bible said it is the last gospel and therefore the Book of Mormon is false. Can you help add to this to help my confidence? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't see any reason that you should um, read Book of Mormon what I would recommend is that you read a book that describes the differences between Christianity and Mormonism and so um, there's one that I specifically recommend it is called Reasoning from the Scriptures with the Mormons Uh, it's by a man named Ron Rhodes so you can actually find this on Amazon and um, it's uh, let's see I'll pull it up right here on Amazon right now it says uh, Reasoning from the Scriptures with the Mormons by Ron Rhodes, and it is twelve twenty-five uh, paperback on there, and great book. Will give you a lot of resources to talk to Mormons and really get an understanding of Mormon doctrine. You can also go to gotquestions.org. Gotquestions.org will give you some very basics about what the Mormons believe, but um, Mormonism is not the same as Christianity. They don't believe in the same Jesus as we do, and so uh, it's very important that you don't get sucked into what they say and some of the things that they will kind of put your way. Um, so I, would highly recommend looking into those resources. All right, I'm going to take another look at another one here. We've got, uh, uh, somebody was just, Oh, somebody just texted me a very nice note. Thank you for texting me that. That's great. Um, couple people did, actually. Thank you, guys, for your questions, for your texts. It's very nice. Um, and I have somebody on the line. I'd like to go to uh, Michael on line one. Michael, welcome to the program.
4: Hey, thank you very much. I just uh, jumped in my car. I caught uh, a caller or two ago. You were expanding on Paul when he speaks of uh, not doing the things he wants to do, doing the things he does not want I just caught the tail end of that uh, you were speaking of uh him not uh, discussing that in the current in his current situation. Uh, I was hoping you could expand on that. Uh, yeah. If you please. And I I'll, I'll, I'm going to hang up and uh, listen to you. So I appreciate uh, your work, brother God bless.
1: Okay, yeah, no 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 problem. And we're we're coming up on the break, so if I get if I cut myself off, then I'll pull it back up after the break, but thanks for your call. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so what if we look in uh, Romans chapter seven specifically? We have to look at when we look at any scripture, we need to look at it in context. And so, what we what that means when we look at it in context is we look at it in in context in a few different ways. The first one is the historical context. So you look at the scripture through the lens of who it was written to, who it was written by, the the community that was there, the the, the atmosphere at that time. Then you look at it through the immediate context. So when you take a scripture like Romans chapter 7, you want to make sure that you're not just pulling a couple verses out and saying, this is what's going on here, right here. Um, And then you want to look at it in the larger context of the the chapters that it's surrounding. So Romans chapter 7 is intricately bound to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 8 and then you also look at it in the larger context of the whole of the Bible and so if we stick around just for a couple seconds uh, I'd love to expound upon that a little bit more after the break but I hear the music coming up now so uh, we're going to go ahead and go to the break please stick around and I'd love to share a little bit more about that
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000.
1: Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris taking your calls and your questions today. If you have a question about the Bible, about God, about Jesus, maybe about a teaching or a doctrine that you've heard, would love to chat with you about those. Also, if you have a prayer request today, we'd love to pray for you. You can call us today at 303 690 303-690-3000. Once again, the phone number to call is 303 690 3000. And we have three open lines right now. So now is a great time to call. Maybe you've got a question that's just been kind of burning in the back of your mind and you'd love to uh, get an answer to that. Or maybe you've tried to call in before and haven't gotten through. Now is a great time to call. Once again, the phone number is 303 690 and before we went to the break, uh, Michael had called in and asked a question uh, regarding an earlier question. But I, I mentioned uh, in Romans chapter seven that when Paul says that you know he, he looks at the law and he, he delights in the law of God, but then he sees this thing, what he doesn't do the things that he wants to do. Um, you know, it's, he's not doing the things that he wants to do when he looks at the things he's doing. He's actually doing what he hates. And I said that this is something that that I don't believe is what Paul is describing as his current state. Uh, It's actually a, a former spot that he found himself in. And I see this because of the immediate context of Romans chapter 7 being sandwiched in between Romans chapter 6 and Romans chapter 8. And so I'm going to give a little bit of an exposition on this just so you can kind of understand a little bit better what I'm getting at. Um, and if you'd like to study some more on this, you can dig into it for yourself. Uh, there's some good resources on blueletterbible.com that can give you some some more in, uh, info on this. But here's here's kind of the gist. When we look at Romans chapter 7, the point of what Paul is getting at in Romans chapter 7 is the law. What was the point of the law? He's detailing for us. So it's very important that when we study scripture, we don't just cherry pick scriptures and say, oh, this scripture applies to me. The overall context of what he's saying in Romans chapter 7 is that the law shows us our need for a savior. That's the context of the whole of Romans chapter 7, the believer and the law. And so when you look at this section here, uh, we see in Romans chapter 7, verse 14, he says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. And so he's talking about this of being in like ah, oh, I can't do the things that I want to do. There's the things I want to do that I should do, but then I'm doing the opposite of that. And the point of what Paul is saying, he's saying I, I'm of the flesh, sold under sin. Well, we just saw Roman. I mean, we just saw in Romans chapter six before this that Paul said that we're no longer a slave to sin. He said that we are now a slave to righteousness in Jesus Christ. And so. Um, we're not to have sin's not to have dominion over us. In fact, Romans chapter six verse fourteen, which is the the same verses in Romans chapter seven verse fourteen, Paul says, "For sin will not have dominion over you, since you are under not under the law, but under grace." And so, under the law, sin has dominion over us. That's the point. Romans chapter seven is talking about a person trying to live under the law. You cannot do it. You cannot live and fulfill the law. It's not possible. It brings death. It brings. It shows us our need. And so the, the law points out to us that we cannot live the life that God would have us live on our own. And so when you see that in Romans 6, he says, What then are we to sin because we're not under the law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourself to anyone as obedient slaves, you're slaves of the one you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, Or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. Then he goes on in verse 17 and says, But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you are committed. And having been set free from sin, you've become slaves of righteousness. And so Romans chapter 7, if we were to put this in like a chronological order, Uh, Romans chapter 7 would be before Romans chapter 6. It's like, okay, I'm sold under sin. I'm fleshly minded. I I can't do the things that I want to do. I want to do what God wants me to do, but I can't do it. And so then I'm a slave to sin, as it said in Romans 7. But then you go back to Romans chapter 6 and he says, hey, no, no, you're not a slave to sin. You were a slave to sin, but you become obedient to from the heart to the standard of teaching. And now you've been set free from sin and become a slave to righteousness. And so uh, that's why I say it's important that we start with the context. And so if you read Romans chapter seven, you see this idea that we are, because of the law, apart from Jesus and apart from the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we are slaves under sin, destined for death. But then you see in Romans chapter eight, the very first verse, uh, actually the last verse of Romans chapter seven, says this, it says, so then uh, the last two verses, you know, verse 24 says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? But then you go to Romans chapter eight and the very first verse says this, for there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set you in Christ Jesus, has set you free from the law of sin and death And he goes on, when you go down to verse 13, he says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And so uh, what I encouraged Michael earlier to do was to read Romans chapter 7, with which when you're a person that's living under addiction or feeling bound to your sin, you're going to identify with very much. Then to read Romans chapter 8, which talks about the fact that those chains were broken on the cross. We are no longer under sin. We're not sold as a slave under sin. Then to read Romans chapter 6 that says that we are dead to sin. We're no longer slaves. We're actually now alive to God. And so um, that I hope that kind of helps you there, Michael. You'd ask me to expound on that a little bit. I hope that makes sense. So if you'd like to call with a question uh, or a prayer request, you can call us today at 303-690-3000. Once again, you can call 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. And I'd like to go to Diana on line one. Diana, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you. Um, I'm on speaker. Can you hear me all right?
1: Yes, I can hear you.
0: Okay. Okay. well, I actually would like prayer for my whole extended family. My mom is Mormon and um, won't listen to any any uh, anything I've asked of her, and, and when anything I question, um, and uh, down to my children, my grown and my adult children, that um, uh, I, I I often thought that if my husband. Could really, really, uh, he's he's a Christian, but he he's still very coarse and very crass, and uh, uh, deals with addictions, and and you know he's trying, but neither of us are making really uh, uh, progress by leaps and bounds. But I've often thought that if if God could change his heart, and if he if he could you know make a, a, a turnaround that. Um, that in itself would convince my children, my my extended family that um, if you know if he had a change of heart and it changed the, his external uh, you know the way he is, uh, that in itself would be a miraculous um, testimony of, <laughs> of of the miracles that God can can do in people's lives. Um, so I guess just um, um, help to draw us all to, to Jesus, but also he, uh, my husband needs a job. He's trying to start a business, and, and he either needs his business to start really um, working, or he needs a, another job. Uh, so both of those things, if I could have you pray for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would love to pray for those things. And and definitely we'll pray for your husband uh, to just get to that next level in his walk with the Lord. And we'll pray for your extended family for sure. Um, And I would just, I just encourage you, you know, oftentimes it's not, uh, it's not, it's not family that, that leads us to the Lord a lot of times. I mean, sometimes it is. But specifically when, when we're dealing with family members that are older or uh, adults themselves at, at this time, you know, a lot of times the Lord will work through somebody that's outside of your family as well. And so uh, let's definitely pray. And you just keep talking with them. And you know, hopefully your husband will talk with them as well. Absolutely don't give up on that. But I, I wouldn't focus all of your attention on your husband being that light. I would really start to pray that the Lord would bring some other people into their life as well that would speak truth. Uh, into their lives and that sounds good too. <laughs> yeah absolutely and and you know and and whenever you have the opportunity do the same thing as well but let's definitely bring that before the lord lord um we just come before you and we lift up diana's family to you lord just for those who don't know you lord who don't have a relationship with you would you just draw them by your holy spirit lord would you Um, Speak your truth to them. Would you show them how much you love them and the good plans that you have for them, Lord? Would you help them to uh, yield to your Holy Spirit, Lord? It says in the word that no one comes unless they're drawn by the Father. So would you draw them even now, Lord, even in this moment? Would you be drawing them by your Holy Spirit? And would you bring people into their lives, whether it's Diana and her husband or other people? Would you bring people into their lives that aren't afraid to speak truth and um, are bold in sharing the the reality of who you are and the love that you have for these family members, Lord. And so we just pray that you would uh, completely transform this family by your grace and your love. And we also pray for a job for Diana's husband, Lord, that you just bring provision uh, for, for her and her family as well. And so we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll just um, uh, second to that other gentleman. I'm going to miss you on the ra- radio as well. Um, I, you've clarified a lot of points for me in the past. And so um, I'll look forward to when you are on.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Diana. Thank you very much. And I, I'll be, I still will be around, just, just not every single Monday. So um, <laughs> th- thank you, <laughs> thank though. I appreciate that. Thank you so that. much. All God right. You. God bless. Bye. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris taking your calls and your questions. You can call us today at 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000. Or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, that number is 720-336-0897. And I'd like to go to Ishmael on line two. Ishmael, welcome to the program. Ishmael, are you with us? I think we must have lost Ishmael. Uh, So that means we've got a couple open lines. Feel free to call us at 303-690-3000 or text 720-336-0897. I'm going to take a quick look at the text line here. Uh, For those of you who might think about calling in, we've got three open lines. So now's a great time to call 303-690-3000. excuse me. Uh, So let's look here. Uh, This person said, I've been studying Calvinist doctrine and I'm wondering what your conclusions on the point of total depravity are in light of such verses as Joshua 24, 11 through 15. Okay, so let's see here. Joshua 24, 11 through 15. Um, Let's see. I'm going to go ahead and pull it up because I don't know what that is off the top of my head. Let's take a look here. So it's speaking and I'll just read this for us and we'll go from there. And you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the leaders of Jericho fought against you, and also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I gave them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out before you, the two kings of the Amorites. It was not by sword or by bow. I gave you a land on which you had not labored, and cities that you had not built, and you dwell in them. You eat the fruit of the vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." And so the question that came in via text message was, uh, how do we view total depravity, the doctrine of total depravity, which is a, a, one of the the five points of Calvinism? And so um, the the question becomes, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, the question becomes, are people completely depraved? Which really, what the doctrine of total depravity means, that there is there is none, there is no person who can. Of their own, serve the Lord. Now, I will say, uh, although I disagree with Calvinist doctrine, I will say that I that I agree uh, generally on the point of total depravity. Uh, Generally, I will say that. Now, was Joshua able to seek the Lord when he said this? You know, this verse that we just read says, "As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." You know, of course, there were men who sought the Lord. Um, they had a heart to seek the Lord. But I think it circles us back to Romans chapter 7 that I was just reading, that on our own, we can have a will and a determination to serve the Lord, but we're going to fall flat on our face. That's where we need grace and the Holy Spirit. Now, what you might not be aware of is that the Holy Spirit actually came upon people in the Old Testament uh, in a very similar way that he came upon people in the New Testament. He just didn't dwell in them the way that Christ lives in us today. Uh, And so... I do believe that men are totally depraved in the sense that there's no ability for us to to search out our own salvation, to become saved on our own uh, in the sense of us choosing to seek after God. As we just read, uh, as I just shared, you know, there's none who seeks after God. Uh, no one comes unless the Father draws him. But I also believe that there is a desire, a will in us to seek after God. And we have the ability to make a choice. Um, and so I, I think that when you think about Joshua, he made the choice. He's saying, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, God had to come in and meet him in the midst of that and bring some uh, of his power and a baptism of the Holy Spirit upon him, uh, just as he did with King David uh, and King Saul. And so uh, are people totally depraved? Yes, and uh, honestly, a little bit no in the sense that are we able to, you know, from the, the strict definition of what Calvinists would teach. Now, the second question you asked is, is faith the gift in Ephesians 2.8 or just grace? And so uh, again, I want to just read this for everybody else, but Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 is a very popular scripture. And it says that it's, you know, it's by grace you have been saved through faith. This not of yourselves, it's not a, is it a gift lest anyone should boast. Now, This verse, this section of scripture is often misunderstood because uh, people think that the gift is describing faith. And they say, well, even our faith to believe in God is a gift. Uh, And so for your your question, I I mean, there was a little bit of a loaded question, but I actually agree with you on this. Uh, Faith is not the gift in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It is grace that is the gift. So it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. So this is defining grace, not faith. So this grace is not your own doing. This grace is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So people often take that second sentence and apply it to faith, not to grace. But the correct uh, interpretation of the grammar in this sentence would have you say, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, speaking of grace, this grace is not your own doing. This grace is the gift of God, not a result of work. So the, the point of your question, I believe, was to ask, is even our faith to believe in God a gift? Uh, and, you know, I, I think that faith is a choice that we make. It's not a work. Faith is a, a belief. It's a choosing to believe. And uh, we have the ability to believe, to have faith. The grace is what comes from God. The grace is the gift uh, in, in a sense faith can be a gift as well, you know. Um, but I, I, I think that answers the question that you were calling you were texting about. So, uh, once again you can call us today at 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. Got a couple full lines here, so I'd like to go to Danny on line 1. Danny, welcome to the program. Danny, you still with us? Looks like we lost Danny, so I'd like to go to Willow on line two. Willow, welcome to the program.
2: Hi. Um, I just have a prayer request about sure. a kid named Jeffrey in my school. Okay. And he, he is a boy, and he's trying to become a girl. Okay. And I try to talk to him about it, but it seems like he doesn't get what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Okay. You know, I, Willow, I think praying for him is definitely the best and most important thing that we can do. And I think that, you know, I, I, I think that it's really great of you to have a heart to care for him and to know um, just that, that, you know, he's very confused and, and, and he doesn't understand uh, how much God loves him and the good plans that God has for him. And he doesn't understand that he doesn't need to change who he is to be better and to be okay. So let's definitely pray for him. And, you know, I, I think, Will, the best thing that you can do is just talk to him about how much God loves him, about the way that God uh, created him and that God loves the way that he created him and that he created him good and and. And, you know, it's a good thing the way that he was created. And so let's definitely pray for him. His name was Jeffrey. Was that it? Yeah. Okay. So let's pray. Lord, um, I thank you for Willow. And I thank you for her heart for this boy at her school, Jeffrey, Lord. And, and just knowing that he is confused and he's hurting right now, you know, he, he, the, the the way that he feels inside is confusing and it hurts and it's hard. And so I pray uh, for him right now, Lord. I pray that you would just show him how much you love him. I pray that you would show him the incredible links that you went to to save him, Lord, that you died for him because you love him. And I pray that you would help him to see that you created him, that you didn't make a mistake when you created him, Lord, and that even though he feels confused and he feels like he's not, uh, like something's wrong, like he's maybe he feels like he's not in the right body, I pray that he would just understand, Lord, that the way that you created him is in your image and that you have good things in store for him, Lord. And so I pray that you would soften his heart to receive your truth. And I pray that you would just give Willow wisdom as to how to, to share with him, Lord, how to encourage him and how to point him towards you, Jesus. And so we pray for him right now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Willow, thank you for your call.
2: Yes
1: yeah, thank you for praying all right well I, I I'm gonna ask our listeners to keep praying for Jeffrey okay
2: okay,
1: okay, you have a good day. bye yep.
2: all
1: right, so yeah, uh, definitely all of our listeners keep keep Jeffrey in your prayers, and you know so many uh young men and women who are dealing with this that are very confused about who they are, uh, and because they don't know their creator, they don't understand and identify with the way that they were created. And so let's definitely pray that the Lord would bring clarity and really let's pray for revival in our cities and in our towns and in our country, that rather than looking for meaning or purpose in changing their gender, that people would understand their meaning and their purpose in you, the higher calling that they have, the ultimate fulfillment that they can have in Jesus. And so let's uh, keep keep uh, these people in prayer for sure, and remember to love them with the love of Christ and to share the love of God with them so uh, I have time for maybe one more call before we go to the end of the program and so i 'd like to go to Bonnie on line one Bonnie, welcome to the program
3: uh, thank you. Uh, I have a quick question: Do all believing Christians that you know have asked the Lord of their sins and they follow him. Do they speak in tongues?
1: Do all believing Christians speak in tongues? Yeah. Um, no, I I would say that that no all believing Christians do not speak in tongues. Um, I personally do speak in tongues or I pray in tongues at times. Um, I, I, that's a gift that God has given me. But you know we see in Scripture in multiple different places that God has given different people different spiritual gifts. And he's yeah. done that on purpose. It's not supposed to be that we all have the same gifts. If we all had the same gifts, and it's kind of like uh, when Paul describes the body as literally a body, you know, he said, mm-hmm. if, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And I, I get the picture. I mean, I, like when you hear this and you read it in biblical language, it doesn't sound as funny. But if you think about a giant eyeball, mm-hmm. and the, it's just an eyeball. What does an eyeball right. do? All an eyeball can do is see. And so... If every Christian has the exact same spiritual gift, um, then the body is lacking. And so Uh the gift of tongues was not meant for each and every single Christian. Uh, There are many believers that have it, but uh, there's nothing in Scripture that indicates that all Christians would receive the gift of tongues.
3: Uh, I go back and forth to Michigan, and I have a neighbor that I go to church with when I'm back there. I go to Calvary Law, and I don't believe... And that's what I was discussing with her. And she believed that once the Holy Spirit, when you receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit, that you will speak in tongues.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I, it bothered me because <laughs> I thought, well, am I saved?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you know it's it's unfortunate that people teach that because it does not right. teach that in the scriptures.
0: Right. There's
1: there's no evidence of that in the scriptures. In fact, Paul says when he's speaking, I believe it's in Romans. Uh, no, it's in First Corinthians when he says, "Do all speak in tongues?" And he says it as a hypothetical question, uh, uh-huh. indicating that the answer is no. All do not uh-huh. speak in tongues. Do all prophesy? Right. No, all do not prophesy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the manifestation is given to the spirit. Each one for the good of all. And so, Mm -hmm. no, we don't all speak in tongues. We don't all prophesy. Um, We don't all have the gift of teaching. God has given us different gifts for different purposes. And so... um,
3: Where is that at in Romans? So that I can maybe, you know, if she brings that up, I could, you know, know, discuss it with her. I
1: I was mistaken. It's actually in 1 Corinthians, I believe. I'm going to pull it up here. Okay watch me be wrong but let's see (laughs) no it's uh yeah it's first corinthians chapter 14 um so paul's talking about speaking in tongues specifically when he says this you know Uh um but the the whole chapter first corinthians chapter 14 is a great chapter that talks about tongues prophecy uh how it works you know, Mm -hmm. um, and all of those different things. But, you know, uh, Paul talks multiple times. The language that you see in this specifically speaks to the the thought that, no, we don't all speak in tongues. I mean, even I'm just looking right now, verse 13, Paul says, therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. And so Mm -hmm. um, he's saying that the implication is not, okay, you all speak in tongues, so you all should pray that you may interpret. He's saying, no, if someone's there who has the gift of tongues, he should also pray that he can interpret it as well.
3: Right, correct. Um,
1: yeah, so so I would, I would do there. If you also, if you go to uh, Romans chapter 12, you get an idea mm-hmm. of that picture of the body um, and the uh, overall understanding of how we are different, you know. Um, so I, I would say if you read Romans chapter 12, Okay. And also, if you read First uh, Corinthians chapter 14, you will see okay. those two okay. kind of things there.
3: <laughs> I appreciate it very much. Thank you.
1: Sure, no problem. Thank you for your mm-hmm. call.
0: Mm-hmm. Bye.
1: Bye. All right, we're coming up on the end of the program here. So I'm going to take a quick look at the text line and see if there's anything uh, that we can answer quickly before we have to go off the air. Uh, let's see here. This person has said, will you pray for my sister? She's an unbeliever and is struggling in her relationship. Prayer for God's will. Uh, Absolutely. Let's go ahead and pray for her. Lord, we pray for this person's sister, and we just pray that you would um, just... Help her to to see what your desire is, Lord, and whatever this relationship is. And I pray that she would turn to you through her current struggle, Lord, that this would lead her to a relationship with you. Lord, that's the important thing. Would you draw her to yourself? Would you speak to her by your Holy Spirit and reveal yourself to her? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We are coming up on the end of the program. And so I want to uh, sign off and say thank you for listening. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel Vale Valley. I will be back. Uh, it just won't be on Mondays. I won't be doing every single Monday anymore. I'll be back as a guest uh, host occasionally. So, thank you for listening. Tune in tomorrow. Pastor Jeff Figs will be on. And uh, you have a great day and God bless.